Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? This is the Building Years. I'm Jeremiah Watkins. I'm Justin Alexio. And guess who we got in the house on this very beautiful October 31st, Halloween morning. Our Halloween special. Please welcome Billy Bonnell Man, to the episode. I should have showed up in a costume. I forgot. <laughs> I, was, I thought Halloween was yesterday. <laughs> I didn't okay. even look at the, someone said Halloween party, and I was like, well, it must be Halloween, right? No, they went one day early. <laughs> did you dress up for that, though? I did. I won the costume contest. What oh, was, really? What was it? Uh, I was a Ghostbuster. Oh, did you have, like, legit? It was legit. And my friend made a pro. He made a proton pack from like the schematics from the movie. So it's pretty awesome. Then it's yeah, like you mi- the, you mix yeah. in that the effort and nostalgia, you're gonna win. I feel like all the stuff was from the movie official. Oh really? Yeah. Like if you go to the if you go to the Ghostbusters fan page, like my friend did, he told me what to buy, and it was yeah. It's it all looks official. I feel like at every Halloween party in the top five. Is always a Ghostbusters <laughs> costume, like somebody, uh, like attempting to to claim the number one. But uh, you did it, you did it, man. Yeah, yeah. But my friend put three months effort into making a proton pack, so <laughs> I just Jeez. rode his wave. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to do in Hollywood, Jeremiah. <laughs> Bride waves, and welcome yeah. to the building here, <laughs> Billy Pono. <laughs> Dude, uh, you're from San Diego. Not technically. Well, I mean, <laughs> what I mean, your research, I mean Carolina. Had, what? <laughs> Carolina? Man, you're way. <laughs> oh, what's that? Right. But I don't expect you to know. I'm from Texas originally. Dang it. I thought for whatever reason you're from South Carolina or North Carolina. You seem like a Lubbock kind of guy. Uh, Way south of Lubbock, but my sister went to Texas Tech, so you're close, man. All right, well. You're like, a, you're like a, one of those mediums that just guesses <laughs> around, and I'm like, how did she know? <laughs> How did she know I was from Lubbock? That's and what I have Justin here for to <laughs> recover my errors. <laughs> you have a dead pocket. aunt. You have a dead aunt named <laughs> Missy. No, no, it's not Miss Suan. Right? Justin has like a crystal ball <laughs> and a cape. <laughs> I'm so bad at improving names. I just named people from my actual family. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> take that out because I like to protect their interests. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you're originally from Texas, but you started doing comedy in San Diego. Yes. Correct? I did. Okay. That's that's what I know about you. <laughs> now, How did you know? <laughs> how did you know this? Now, in Texas, did you have uh, thoughts? Uh, like, when did you really know you wanted to do stand-up? Because you did a little bit of military service, correct? A little bit, yeah. Ten years. Yeah, that's a lot of. Business. I was in the Navy for ten years, but I didn't really know about stand up. I kind of knew what stand up was, but I didn't know I was interested in it until I was in the Navy and I went to Iceland. This is probably my stand up beginnings. A guy named Matt Gammon. Mm-hmm. He uh, he really liked comedy, and he was playing me all this stuff, and I was like, "Oh, that's great!" I didn't know that was like such a big world, you know. And this is the same guy who I lost touch with for like seven years and he still loves comedy so much that he contacted me because <laughs> he heard me on like Doug Benson's podcast or something. Like, oh, really? Goes, yeah. And put your hands together. Any of those podcasts that 
are like stand up centric or something. Sure. And I, ne- I haven't heard from him. He added me on Facebook and he goes, Man, you really went for the comedy thing. And I was like, Yeah, man, thanks. It was like him. <laughs> oh, And wow. it wasn't even like the bulk of the stand up stuff he played. He played me a Mitch Hedberg CD, and I remember it specifically just being blown, like blown away about how different that was and how like weird funny. Like I didn't yeah. know people could be funny like that. So then, being a procrastinator, I waited about five years after that, and then <laughs> finally got up the nerve, which is actually Grey Goose Vodka, to do it. <laughs> Were it, other people in the Navy being like, "Dude, you are are funny." You yeah, were you the funny comedy. funny Navy guy? Yeah, I was like the dump, like the quintessential like the story people say, but then fail at it. Like the <laughs> man, you're really funny at lunch. You should try stand up. Gotcha. And then I was like, maybe I should try stand up, but I had. A, I had, like, manifested that alone because I thought about it because in 2004. I was funny. No one was saying it then, but when I got to the ship, it was like uh, people were saying you should try stand-up, but only because I was like, I should try stand-up, you know? <laughs> yeah. It just, I planted my own seed, and then I finally did it, and it was the coolest thing that's ever existed. And then here we are. Here we are. 11 minutes late to a podcast. It's okay. <laughs> he almost showed up barefoot. <laughs> Asterisk. Uh, so, go ahead. You seem like, uh, I mean, I feel like comics are, you know, more chill and stuff. I don't see, very few people come from the service, like from the Navy or the yeah, Air Force. Yeah, I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I did good at it, but I shouldn't have been in the Navy. I'm such a free spirit. Like, I I couldn't have disagreed with, like, uh, something more than that. But it was, I was in the Navy, so we're on a ship, and you're very departed from, like, war efforts. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in the Marines, the bulk of them go to war. Wow. Like, the bulk of the Marines are infantry. That's yeah. what they do. They're the frontline people, and they're the first wave. The Marines go first. And then the Navy's just on a ship and way far away shooting a missile. So I never really thought about the war aspect of it. But then when I really started thinking about it deeply enough, becoming like doing comedy and becoming pretty cynical, I was like, man, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good point. It was a good paying job, and I met a lot of great people. But I think the I ca- no one wants to hear about my views of the war effort. <laughs> there's nothing funny about that. Did you have to be? Did I'm waiting for NPR for that, man. <laughs> you think I'm gonna waste that on this podcast no, about making it? I don't think so. That's for PBS or NPR. <laughs> something serious. Byron Allen, man, Comics Unleashed. You ready to hear the fury, man? Are you? Have you heard if you're gonna do that? No, I haven't. Oh, I hope you do that. I love that show. It's like, uh, I don't know. A lot of people, you know, they're booking it right now. So yeah, yeah. Like every manager everywhere is like, you might get Comics Unleashed, and I'm like, man, I cannot wait. <laughs> be awesome. Did you have to be in like really good shape on the the Navy ship, or is it also dip- something it- that's weird? And I hate this question because you're looking at me. That's like, what happened, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) So I know why you're asking this, and I I fucking hate you for it. (laughs) There was like a minimum uh, physical requirement, which I met frequently. Yeah. But uh, I've been a little bit chubby at the end. (laughs) Once you kind of give up on something, you kind of just go, well, whatever. Okay, that makes sense. I heard in the Navy that because you're, like, traveling away, it's hard to have a family and, like, people are just fucking each other like crazy. Uh, Well, that would be, like, probably a standard for any people that are, like, travel to do jobs. But, yeah, there's a lot. People are doing that. And people are cheating on their wives and <laughs> stuff. It's like, 
it's kind of just a way of life for them because they're gone for so long. When you leave on like a deployment, you go away for nine months. There's been ships that have been gone on deployment for like 12 months. And think about the Marines specifically. They go on 12-month deployments to like a war zone. And we're talking about war again? You fucking tricked me, man. <laughs> he tricked me. <laughs> this podcast is actually a war podcast <laughs> that we secretly ask comedians to come on oh my and God. share their views. And you guys are you're so great at the segues. I was right back into it, man. <laughs> I almost I threw up. No one can see it at the house, but I was holding the peace sign up the entire time. <laughs> okay, so let's get back into San Diego. Uh, what started kind of moving and shaking there? Because uh, you've uh, brought me with you to uh, San Diego a couple times, and uh, just I've been down there a couple times uh, when you are also down there on shows and stuff. And I would consider you like you're like a you're like comedy royalty down there. Yeah, like the way that, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, like the way that people uh, treat you, I really like. It's re- with a, like really high respect, and it's kind of like if if Billy walks in the room, Billy's going up when he wants. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't really. Do I mean, to a point, I might be exaggerating. Yeah, a San little Diego's bit, where I started, so it's like the same thing for people in Los Angeles that you see they get everything. Yeah, but I started in the wrong city, so now I'm. <laughs> This should be just the rebuilding years. <laughs> I built up a pretty good thing in San Diego. And stage time, obviously, in comedy is the most important thing mm-hmm. because it's such a muscle. So I'm going from like going up like maybe five to ten times a week to the last two years here where I'm lucky to do maybe two spots. But I go down frequently enough that I stay fresh. But San Diego is a great spot. I just worked really hard when I started. Like when I get obsessed with something... For especially stand-up, it's like, oh, Billy's always around. And also, I'm not unfunny. So if you're funny and people see that you're, like, a real person, then it just works itself out. Yeah. But it might take maybe 10 years in L.A., but in San Diego, when there's only about a couple of hundred comedians... You're going to rise. The cream's going to rise pretty quickly there. Yeah. I Stand-up just always worked for me, and I was pretty baffled by it myself. And then even when I got to Los Angeles, it just works, and then it's weird. It's like I should have always been a comedian, and I, I always, I'm like, why did I wait five years to try it after thinking about it for the first time? I could be 10 years deep in comedy right now, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still fresh. I could have moved to L.A. actually two years earlier, but the same thing. Uh, the Navy pay was so good, so I just stayed there. Yeah. So they uh, stationed you in San Diego? Is that why you're there? Yeah, I made that. I, Is that Coronado You kind of have Beach? a choose. Coronado is my last duty station. Yeah. But when you're on a ship, you're kind of further south. South of the bridge. Have you been across the Coronado Bridge? No, I've swam in that area. Oh, Mission Bay. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird way to say it. Yeah. I swam in that area. <laughs> hey, man, what the fuck were you doing, dude? Uh, I actually, uh, the first road trip that I made out to California with some buddies this was like right after senior year in high school like we're gonna take a road trip to california because we're hardcore and we went out there and we met about actually a bunch of uh navy guys uh at a bonfire uh near coronado that they're stationed there and uh yeah it was a super fun night they're all cool yeah that's great yeah i like that place yeah it's a nice area yeah coronado's the best so nice it's hard to get on there is it? It's like oh, because it's the most in the like, morning. Coveted. Picture all the people, yeah, yeah. Picture all the people going to that Navy base over there. It's a big ass air station, mm-hmm. and then just just sitting on the bridge, man. 
Yeah. And to be morbid, a lot of people jump off that bridge. So <laughs> oh, there's a lot Christ. of traffic. Yeah, they close the bridge down if someone does that. Wow. So at least I was there for three years and more than probably four times. Someone was up there like did it or was going to do it. So it's like weird to be in the Navy, which and you cross that bridge like every morning and then every once in a while just life slaps you in the face and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, some people are fucking up against it. <laughs> oh god. Uh, it's like it's such a weird uh it's like a weird positioning of life. I wanted to try to say that big word, juxtaposition. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Fucking did Good. it, man. You did it. You I should did have just it. had a confidence. Yeah. <laughs> That's what life's about. I'm not a big word guy, but. Now, recently, uh, you did something that was pretty cool. You appeared on Adam Devine's house party. Yeah. Which was the coolest thing of all time. Let's talk about it, because uh, I watched it um, the night that it aired, live, well, live on Comedy Central, and... Uh, I texted you right after, and I was like, "Man, you like you really crushed that set." And I've like I have told like many people about how hard you crushed that set. So let's 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 rewind and uh, talk about the that experience and what that was like. Man, well, you just gave me a bunch of compliments. I was just soaking it in. <laughs> Long pause, self reflection. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was uh, you know. When you start doing comedy, the first thing you think of is like Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. So to get on Comedy Central was pretty amazing. Even mm-hmm. though it's like a small part, you know, it's only a five minute set and you get to do a little bit of acting. It's a great showcase for comedians. So I'm glad it exists. But the experience overall was amazing. Hey, I just, I think that I already peaked. I've only <laughs> been in LA two years and I'm like, man, I peaked, man. It's over. <laughs> That's not true at all. No, but it could be. That's the best part. <laughs> Think about all the people that have premium blends, and you're like, where do they go? Or low you know? at Gotham's. I mean, that's very scary to think. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I but for the building years, there is definitely a huge... <laughs> there's a huge potential for not ever exceeding something. You know? Yeah. There's yeah. a point where you've gone as far as you can. Hopefully that's not for me. I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but <laughs> you would be insane to think that 100. You get on TV and you're like, the rest is history. That would be insane. <laughs> oh no, that's that's yeah. true. Yeah, you got to definitely be grounded and everything out here. Yeah, but uh, I like stand up. So, what was the the process behind uh, getting on that show? You had to showcase like multiple times, right? Oh, uh, one time actually. The crazy thing is, is it's like a timing for me. Uh, and it's all about time. And it doesn't matter. If you were the funniest person on the showcase, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. I've been showcasing for Just for Last for like a few years. And picture a scenario where I would do horrible on that. Like, there's not a lot of potential for that. I mean, the first time I was nervous, but the last three times it was like better, better, and better. And maybe I thought on my last Just for Last showcase that I had maybe the best set of the night or like top two, but I didn't even get a call back. So it's like, LA's weird because it's like a look issue and like how you can be marketable. Yeah. yeah. So for me, for House Party, it wasn't just, oh, I went and did the showcase. I was funny enough. Um, I had got to open for Adam Devine in San Diego at American Comedy Company's one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Not from him asking me, but from the, that's when I still lived there. And from having San Diego love, dude. Yeah. They booked me. Yeah. They booked me on their one year anniversary because I had a good track record of doing well in San Diego. So the owner of that club was like, give Billy the one-year anniversary, which was super nice of him. And then I met Adam, and I had great sets, and Adam Ray was there. So I made friends, 
And I talked to him about the, it was right before the first season filmed. And he was just true to his word, you know? He's just such the nicest guy, Adam Devine. And he let me send him a tape. He showed it to Comedy Central. They were already booked for the first season, so I didn't get the first season. And then when it came around to the second year, he got in contact with me again. And they let me, sh- I had to go through the showcase process. Yeah. It wasn't awesome. I heard that, like, you know, some people were like, Adam called me and he asked me to do the show. And I was like, man, man, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> you like always feel defeated even when you're succeeding. And he let me come showcase for it and I had a great set. And they, the Comedy Central people, I guess, voted me. They do a voting process or whatever. So they eliminate people and I made the cut. Wow. But from meeting someone, you know. Of course. I don't know that I could have gotten the showcase outside of that, but so that's the important lesson: is meet people, be genuine, and be nice, and maybe they'll return the favor. And this guy is probably the most genuine person I've ever met in Los Angeles. Picture someone meeting a random comedian in San Diego, saying, "Yeah, I'll try to get you on next year, or I'll help you get a showcase," and then doing it. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, because people in LA just. Talk, talk, talk. Oh, all the time, like, Let yeah, me yeah, you I'll uh, put you in touch with so-and-so, and then you yeah. never hear from them. It would be so awesome if people just said no, or even, you know? Dude, I would prefer it. I, I wish... I would, I, I, I'm like that. I wish, I, whenever I left audition, that the people <laughs> would be like, you did not do well. Don't wait up for the call back. Yeah, yeah, or like, like, okay, we're not casting you for this, but we like you for s- some other stuff. I would much rather hear that than, that was great. Oh man! Oh, you're gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do they say? Uh, yeah, they don't. Say I that. hope they said that. <laughs> no, I. That's, I so, that's so over the top. Like you're. De- <laughs> oh, you're uh, gonna get it. <laughs> you're gonna get it. <laughs> I did have uh, one audition. This is 100 percent true, where uh, I auditioned and then the person looked at me. Those running camera and they go, "That was great. You got it." I was like, "What?" He like, "You booked it." I was like, I booked it? And he's like, yep. Be expecting a call soon. Never, <laughs> never what got in touch. Fuck. Never. Because I, like, uh, I was like, I'm, I've been to auditions. They usually don't tell you right in the room, like, you booked it. So I was like, I, I booked it? Did and you call it, your manager? At, hey, man, they said I got it. No, right. I was actually, I was seasoned enough in L.A. that I was skeptical. So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't post on Facebook or anything. And then I was glad that I was skeptical because I never got that phone call. Oh, wow. Was that, and that was at a callback. No, this was, I thought I did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was first audition and I, I did kill it. <laughs> like I did have. It was I like, don't doubt it, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt good uh, about it. It was like this, uh, this musical type commercial uh, that I was just like belting out this stupid theme for whatever product it was. And uh, they're like, yeah, this guy. He was probably being genuine, but then he goes, "He's like, know, oh, I don't have the power." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he I'm was probably this. impressed genuinely because I just can't imagine someone blurting that out. <laughs> Dude. And then someone probably went, "What if they? Maybe they never made the commercial." You know what's fucking crazy? Because you never get to hear the end of the story. No yep. matter what happens, listen. You could have done so well, and you go, "Fuck, I have no chance of this." And then you don't know that they stopped production on. That's very. They true. don't contact the auditionees <laughs> to go. Hey, we just stopped, man. Want to let you know you did a good job. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, people have been talking about how shitty show business is forever. Yeah, but the situation you're talking about is the thing I hate the most. 
Because you get you pick up a manager or something, the first thing they do is get you a commercial audition, and you're like, hey, man, do you know who I am? <laughs> Not in like a, do you know how powerful I am, but do you know my personality at all? You think I'm going to do good at commercial auditions? <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen and I don't even want to do it I know that you can make money and sustain comedy off that and I that's great and I applaud everyone that's doing that and going to ton of auditions Greg Santos my my writing partner is the callback king man this guy just gets callbacks all the time and like his agents like it's time to close one man so <laughs> but he loves it Greg yeah. goes to auditions and he's like I crush it I love it I want to do commercials and I want to get away from that and I see people doing that and I'm like I hate it. How often when do I, you go out for commercials? All the time, man. It's like several times a week. I oh, get wow. like an audition notice from casting, whatever. So you just don't, from, you don't, maybe you don't get callbacks, maybe because you don't like it. Maybe it's the energy thing. I'm not worried about getting, call I know I'm not going to, I go, I show up to the audition specifically because uh, my manager got me this agency and I just want to, I want to ride it out. I don't care to do commercials. I know you could land on a national commercial and get a ton of money, but I literally only care about stand-up. And the fact that I even make videos for YouTube and stuff is pretty insane considering how I only care about stand-up. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that uh, for a little bit. Uh, do you know, is it Tunguska or Tunguska? It's Tunguska. Tunguska. We're changing the name, though, because no one can fucking remember that. <laughs> and That's someone a good put marketing. me in charge of naming it, and I thought of the most obscure thing that existed, and then I applied a yacht club to it because I don't know shit about marketing. Are you shortening it and making it easier to spell and all that stuff? No, we're just changing the name to... We had that live show for a while. It was called Jubilation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're just going to call it Jubilation. Okay, perfect. One word, a couple syllables. Got a B in there. I like Bs. <laughs> you and Greg Santos, uh, it's your your sketch group, and you guys have had uh, some. You've had some viral uh, videos and uh, and a lot of funny sketches and and music videos. When did that start? Uh, whenever you uh, was that? Did really that start in San Diego or LA? It started in San Diego because I met Greg there. Gotcha. I really wish he was to tell the other part of the story about how annoying I was to him. But he was making videos with his best friend, Jared Super, mm -hmm. a lifelong best friend. I think they've been friends since they were 10 years old. And they were doing funny stuff, but it looked so shitty to me. And I met him doing stand-up, and I was like, oh, you make videos. That's cool. And I'm kind of like a nerd for that stuff. And I, I think that maybe I was po like pondering making my own videos, so I had done some research, which is like, what's the, you know, I did research on like, camera equipment and how to light yeah. stuff and audio and so i was like man you guys are so funny that you should really try to make it look better so it's more watchable you know what i mean like, yeah and i kept calling them and said they asked me to be in one of their videos you made a three ninja sketch where all the people were grown up and i was the old tum 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 <laughs> yeah because yeah. i'm fat thanks <laughs> uh so they were all growing up, and they were trying to avenge something. And it was like, it was a funny video, but it was like, it didn't look good, and it was like on a handy cam, and I'm like, you got to step your game up for production. <laughs> and you've seen our stuff. Yeah, it looks we, great. Yeah, because we don't fuck around now. And Yeah, you're nitpicky. So, yeah, I can't even, anyone who's ever edited for us must be like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you're worried about continuity issues? <laughs> the broom was out of place in the background? Um uh, <laughs> 
So I met him and I just kept bothering him about it. And then it was like, why don't we just, oh, a major important step. We, there was a thing called Cor- Cool Party Guys in San Diego, Christian Spicer yeah. and a bunch of other people. We were in a group together. But there were like 15 people. And we made Damn. we made a good video, and Christian had a great camera, but it still didn't look good. And I was like, "This is too many people to manage." Greg's the funniest guy in this group, in my opinion. Not to say any of those other people aren't fucking hilarious, because the whole Faraz Azel was in there. He's funny. He's up here now. There's a guy named Dan Venti from San Diego who's so fucking funny. Sam Wiles, you know Sam Wiles? Mm-hmm. He lives here now. So fucking funny. Yeah. But to me, Greg was the most the person that I related to the most, and who I thought was the funniest, and I would just kept trying to steal him away from the group. Because <laughs> I quit the group, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be connected to it because the videos don't look great, and I don't know that it's funny. And I don't want people to go, Billy's a cool party guy. <laughs> Not to be a dick or whatever. Also a great line. Please have that as a sound bite. I feel like I'm talking too long now. Let's get to the end of this story. Uh so I just said, Greg, we should just do it by ourselves. We should just do it by ourselves. And then he finally was like, okay, fuck it, we will. Because we made the video Stanky Dick for them. And there was like a weird argument about where the money should be distributed for the ad revenue. I'm like, well... Did it end up making like... It did pretty well. It got yeah. like 40,000 views on that channel. And our previous best was like maybe a couple of thousand or like uh. a couple hundred. And then... We had another sketch after that that Faraz wrote that got like 80. So those were like our two best videos. And the music video was just me and Greg, and no one helped. We hired someone else. Do you know a YouTube channel called Mega64? I think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah really popular. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. guys live in San Diego. The, one of the Mega64 guys, he shot it for us. So it was nothing to do with the group. And I was like, look, we made this by ourselves. And then they're trying to, like, claim credit for it, which I'm very against. So it was, like, these high-level, like, uh, no one's taking credit for my shit feelings in, like, the freest situation ever. Like, just you and your friends. But I'm insane, so I stole Greg away. I, like, begged him to just make videos with me. And then now we do, and we don't do it that frequently because it's hard <laughs> as fuck. And I still wish I had ten other guys. <laughs> that story went on forever and I'm sorry. And yeah. That's I learned a lot. All right. So yeah. here we go. We're coming Interject up with funny stuff, man. <laughs> the building years is pretty serious, by the way. Dude, sometimes, it's like a comedy man. podcast, but it's so serious. Dude, it gets real sometimes. Some people yeah. have almost cried, I feel like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we've had some people who open up that get re- very uh intimate with their feelings and everything. That's you know, it's, it's being insane and cynical. The first thing I thought was like, give me those pussies names. <laughs> 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 Which is not a real feeling. All right, so we're coming to the end of the podcast. This is that segment we told you about the Hollywood bitch lab. Watcha! You know what it is. We need a story of sometime Hollywood has bitch slapped you. Dude, like I was daily, right? It's so hard. <laughs> you know, this is going to be strange, but I feel like uh, the biggest bitch slap I've had in Los Angeles is from the Comedy Store Hollywood because I was a regular at the Comedy Store in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't trans... It should, but it doesn't. It doesn't... Uh, Transfer? It doesn't transfer. Nothing. You have to start all over, and it's like, you guys are the same business, and you send your people down, and there should be some, can I get like a, <laughs> a foreign exchange or something? Yeah. So 
but I love the comedy store, and the reason I continue to go there is I just like comics, and there can't, there's not a better hang in Los Angeles than hanging on the comedy store patio, but it's probably going to be unbelievable, but I've gone up four times at the comedy store in the two years that I've been here. What? Well, I just went up for my fifth time. They don't put you up in after the mic? No, they don't do it. <laughs> they don't do anything. <laughs> uh, and Tommy was maybe the worst person to me, period. He would, wow. like, string me along and, like, say, come, you can do a development spot, and then he would just never give it to me. Almost as, like, this crazy thing. It was weird. Does uh, the new manager, has he been help, helping at all? No, not really, but he's overwhelmed. Right. right. He's overwhelmed with people just starting to treat him very differently. Oh, and I yeah. never get on that wave, but, I mean, I always put in my time there, and I just feel like your sister club or your daughter club or whatever, if they pass you, maybe friends and family should be not a, like a fucking goal, you know, mm-hmm. to get on friends and family it's at re- that point. It's Because really- how much more could you be classified as friends and family? <laughs> They're passed at their other club. Yeah. <laughs> no, and a lot of people put up work here too, and that's fine, and I still go there, and you know I, I signed up for the open mic for a long time, and I never got picked. I think I went, the when I first got here, I was like, all right, uh, they're not going to put you up, so just go do the open mic. And I got up on the open mic part, the sign-up, one time out of, you remember they're doing it two days in a row. It was it used to yeah, be Sunday, Sunday and Monday, and Monday now yeah. it's only on Monday. Maybe I signed up for it at, at least 30 times, mm. 30 to maybe 100 times, like it feels like, but... At least 30 times I'd signed up for the open mic, and I only got up one time. And, you know, sometimes they see names on the list, and it's like, pick that guy that's already passed from San Diego. But they never did. So the slap in the face. I didn't know that's your home place. And obviously I love it because I'm there all the time. Oh, yeah, I see you there all the time. That's why it's still shocking to me (laughs) whenever you you tell me this. I'm like, what? That doesn't... It just never got... We're going to have to talk to some people, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that wasn't my goal either. But... That's the the thing I struggled with most in Los Angeles. Even all the other defeats of not like getting just for laughs or any stuff like that when I thought I did well or audition. Yeah. Like I did the Up Next showcase for Comedy Central last night or uh, last year, and I thought I slaughtered. It was like an insane set, you know, where you feel so good. Yeah. And then you like don't even they don't vote you through, and you're just saying, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> I couldn't yeah. have done the thing that I'm supposed to do any better than that. I wow. can't imagine it. And then you go, "Oh yeah, Hollywood." People's people's agents were voting, and they were voting them through. And you just you see all this bullshit. Oh, weird. Yeah, huh. that's how it went. But yeah. you see all this bullshit, and it's like, even through all that, it's like, I just want to get past at the comedy store one day, and yeah. I feel in two. Not that I say I should be passed right now because that's insane, but the sentiment is the slap in the face is I haven't even I've made no developments there, just friends, which is awesome, but. I have gone. I haven't done. I might as well just be. It should be two years ago, and I should rework my angle. <laughs> you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a place I love to go, and I love everyone there. And it's just, why can't can I just go up on friends and family, man? <laughs> can you just put my name on the list? It's strange because uh, so I did Second City uh, out here in Los Angeles, 
And it's the exact same thing with Second City LA and Second City Chicago. Second City LA is like the redhead stepchild of Chicago. They don't, tr- they call, if you graduate from the program in LA, you're not an alumni, you're a graduate. Uh, they will not call you an alumni, even though it's the same program. And a lot of the teachers are their best performers from Chicago out here out teaching here. in L.A. And uh, if you try to, like, go to tra- basically transfer from L.A. to Chicago, it just doesn't work. It's the exact same thing where, for whatever reason, they just don't hold. The esteem level is just not the same, and it just doesn't make sense. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you share the name, treat people with a little bit of dignity <laughs> so they don't feel like shit. What do you mean? You have the same name as the other place. It's oh, like, totally. If you work at KFC, man, you can transfer to any KFC. <laughs> even if even if another What's person better? is franchising it, you can transfer to that KFC, even if it's a different owner. It's still a corporate structure. Yeah. Who do I need to talk to at Second City? <laughs> I feel worse about your thing than me complaining about that silly shit. No, I mean, well, it was it was the whenever I found out, and I love Second City. I love everything about Second City. Of course City. you do. Uh, spent years there, but uh, whenever I was auditioning for like to do like boats one time, uh, I have no clue what boats is. Boats so. is uh, I'm going to explain. It. <laughs> boats is basically you go out for like a three or four month period, like a carnival cruise line, and you perform oh. Second City Sketch every, almost every night, like either improv or sketch almost every single night. And you're contracted. And whenever I was auditioning and I was asking questions, uh, I was like, okay, so, because um, uh, I was like, so will, uh, if you do like, you know, a session on boats, uh, will it help you like maybe like get on Chicago main stage whenever you go and audition there? And she looked at me and she goes, it will not help you at all. <laughs> You, uh, you will have to start over whenever you go to Chicago. You can audition, but you're most likely going to have to start over. And that's whenever I pulled out, like, pulled an audible in Second City. <laughs> like, <laughs> like and, and really started investing time elsewhere. Is whenever the lady from Chicago was like, Second City LA and the boats will not help you get on main stage. I was like, frick. Yeah. That sucks, man. I yeah, the business is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, but, yeah. So what have we covered here, guys? <laughs> War. Give up. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> uh, I think that really the most amazing thing is is like uh, there's a chance to pass out a fuck you later. <laughs> <laughs> There is, a, there and is th- a I mean, uh, imagine you- all the businesses that exist because they were like, "Man, I cannot fucking wait." Adidas and Puma is my favorite story. What They're is that? brothers. Really? Two brothers own it, and they fucking hate each other. And they're both top five shoe companies. And you think that their hate for each other didn't drive them to the top? <laughs> <laughs> they were together as a shoe company. And not that you should be hateful; you just be genuine. And if you hate something. And fuck, embrace it and charge forward. <laughs> One day you're gonna end up on Saturday Night Live or something amazing because you're hilarious, and then you're just gonna send him a letter saying, "Eat it." <laughs> Maybe not so much, but doing that, it's just a fu- you know, keeping when you keep going and you keep achieving success, and all the people that were kind of maybe standing in your way, which starts at a very low level, yeah, even at the open mic. 
when I first started. There's some guy that's like, man, oh, no yeah. new guys are coming in here. So from day one of I've, doing stand-up, someone is there to make you feel bad about it or to be jealous or something or whatever, to be a dick. From the first open mic I ever did, there was a fucking dick hole. And then all the way up to Los Angeles is the same thing. But keeping going is like the best thing you can do. You just keep going and doing well. And those people just, they have to stay there and be sad and feel bad about themselves just because you keep going. There's always someone in the way that's like, man, fuck that guy. And then when you keep going, they're like, man, maybe he, maybe, maybe I should do something like he was doing. So hopefully, for me, I get to pass out the fuck you later. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily going, hey, fuck you, but going, I kept going because I love this. And whatever made you a bad person in your position at whatever open mic or whatever show you run, whatever made you sad, I just want you to see me doing well and keeping going and go, "Ah, maybe I was wrong. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have been mean to that person. That's a good, I mean, that's a good message for people in general is just like be nice and, because you never know who you're, who, what friendship you're, you're, you're going to need later on in your life or your career. And you know, for sure, don't burn bridges, but also yeah. don't be the person who's like overly Trying friendly. To stand oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Overly. Fr- Trying hopefully. to grab coattails. For sure. Be genuine mm-hmm. and be a little rugged about it, you know, because it is a, it's a cutthroat business to be in Hollywood, but if you're genuine, right? Don't mm-hmm. let people shit on you. But you gotta walk a fine line. Just you don't if you're not fake and you're genuine and you're funny and talented in any other way, like you're so good at improv and you're so good at you know, act outs and that's translated into your stand up. I've never seen you do stand up, so I'm sorry I can't pay you a big Yeah, compliment. it's all good. Uh, just know I fucking kill it. Yeah. That's great. But you know, if you do that and you do good and you're just not mean to people. It just works itself out. But some people are so mean to people. Some people are just, I'm going to fuck that guy over, which is insane. And I hate a couple of people because <laughs> you can't like everyone. Also yeah. impossible. But I would never go out of my way to be like, hey, man, I'm going to expose this motherfucker or whatever. I would never do that. It's just weird. Yeah. Just being genuine. How hard is it to just be genuine? You also know that you're never going to be friends with everybody. If yeah. someone doesn't like you, you just who cares? <laughs> you can't be friends with everyone. And also, you will not like everyone you meet. How many people do you meet and you have, we'll never get along? Yep. And maybe not even for frivolous reasons, just for standard personal can, connection alone. Yeah, you can't do it. Well, Billy, uh, we've loved having you on uh, this episode of The Building Years. Uh, where can it. people find you on Twitter and uh, social media and all that stuff? Everything is just Billy Bonnell, so. And it's two N's, two L's, correct? It is. Yes. B-O-N-N-E-L-L, guys. And I would plug the YouTube channel, but we're changing the name, so maybe it will be hard to find. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, look up Billy's stuff. Uh, thanks so much for coming by, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm sorry I was late. All good. I love you. I love you. Leave that in. I will. Except for the leave that in part. No, that's staying in too. All right. I love you then again. I love you again.